Hey, Print Hustlers, welcome back to another episode of the Printavo Print Hustlers podcast. I'm your host, Bruce from Printavo. We've got our co-host, Stephen from Campus Inc. Uh, you know, on? we were just having a really good conversation. We did a, a great episode recently, and we started to get into a rant about people. And <laughs> we had a phone call afterwards about people. You know, it was interesting because I, I, I think my take on having the right people has changed over time. But, you know, you were, you were just kind of going through what you were thinking about and hiring and getting the right people in the right roles. And it just flows around such a such, uh, topic like in the traction book that we talked about. Yeah, I feel like as the business has grown, I spend more and more of my time interviewing people. Do you feel the same way? Yes. And or, go ahead. You know, I was trying to delegate everything, but I think that one is the most important thing we could be doing, right? Like sales and people. Right. When I feel like when I was first hiring for roles, I would like desperately hire. Be like, you find the first person, you're like, okay, I like them. They're going to fit. All right, get them in because I'm so swamped. Yeah. Right. And now... I think I've I've worked with enough people to know like there can be some amazing humans out there and there can also be some really bad fits. And I think the cost of hiring a bad fit is so scarring once you've done it a couple times. <laughs> Does that sound bad? It sounds like uh, you've got uh you've got some stories. No, I just I feel like after five years, whether whether you're hiring a screen shooter someone folding, someone bagging and tagging, someone in the front office, someone in sales, um, marketing, whatever. After you've spent so much time with them, if it doesn't end up working out, you're just like, shoot, that was not smart, right? And so totally. like, for instance, when COVID hit, we'd, hit we'd, we'd kind of shut down the company for a couple of weeks, laid you know, people off, furloughed people, and then we slowly started bringing people back. And I became so much more picky, one, because money was a lot more important in the budget, but it was like, this is my one shot to redo everything. And I really started thinking through it being like, and this is when we were reading traction and there was the get it, want it capable of it. Those were the, like the big three that Gino talks about in the book. I think COVID kind of taught me how to be a little bit like half thicker skin as a, as a boss or an owner of a company. What, what from, for letting people go, or you mean being more picky on the front? Being end? more picky. Mm. Right. I don't know. How do you feel, Bruce? Like you are interviewing engineers. I mean, Printavo, we were just talking about it three years ago, four years ago, the team was three or four, five. Yeah. Right. And you guys are at 21, 21 full time. Yeah. I, you know, I think you're pretty spot on. I made some fairly severe mistakes early on with the hiring process. And, but, but as you said, if you're not, if you don't have, you know, a, a stake in the game, like if you're hiring for another company, sure, you, you care about it. But I mean, running the company, you care about it so much more and it's so much more detrimental. I, I think, I think. It really comes down to if you don't trust the person to get the job done, then you've made a mistake. And it's like figuring out how to go backwards. And I ask myself, how, did I see signs before or did I not screen for something? 
before? And I feel like sometimes the answer is yes, but sometimes it's still a gamble, right? Like even if you have a buttoned up, awesome interview projects, they follow a team member. I'm sure everybody has examples of ones that you didn't see this coming from left field. Right. We, we hire a lot of students and, uh, I always tell students before I hire them, I tell them like, look, the interview's not going to start until I hire you. Cause that's when I'm really going to learn about everything about you. Because up until this point, you've kind of put up a pretty awesome facade and I hope it's true. Um, sure. And it's, it's cool because we'll start working with the students and the ones that will come out of left field and be superstars you never saw coming. And some students that, and this isn't a sales role, some students that you've pegged are going to be all-stars don't end up working as well as some of the other ones. And so I think that whole trust and foundation, uh, because I think the success of an employee is equally as dependent on the owner or the boss as well. So if I look at an employee that didn't work out, yeah, they didn't work out for X, Y, and Z, but it's also on me. Did I have the SOPs in place, the proper training in place? Was I doing the proper reports, one-on-one meetings, all those different things? Probably not, right? So it's it's arguably a fail on both sides. So every time I hire a new employee, it's like, okay, what are you going to do differently this time with sure. this person so that you don't ever have those signs of regret or did I make a mistake or something? But like, Bruce, you, you, you've probably interviewed hundreds of engineers. Honestly, we say that we talked about 20 people. Sometimes we get lucky. Sometimes we definitely get lucky in the first couple, but we probably talked about 20 people for roles before bringing on somebody. So screen printing, not that it's any easier than engineering, uh, but when you're hiring an engineer to work on code for your business, what do you look for? Because that is your baby and they're literally brain surgeons on a tool that you've built. Yeah. What do you look for? You mentioned something where it's like, I used to rush because we just had stuff going on, right? You sell a ton of jobs. You just got to get through it. A ton of fulfillment now. Like you just need hands. You right? get you just get like too many suggestions on the Printavo idea board. <laughs> so you're like, hey, you know how to code. You're hired. Yeah. You know? you know, we used to think. No, I shouldn't say we because it was more of me that I, I wanted to go faster. Right. Everybody wants to go faster, and for us, going faster is a lot more of building more product quickly. And for us, early on, that was something we could do because it was only a couple people on the engineering team. It was like me, it was Peter who runs tech now. Um, and it was maybe one other guy, Neil at the time, but we could move so quickly. Now that we have, there's a team of six and a product manager, so call it seven, really. It's more important. I found to have a more regulated regimen of process. So they have a process where they're releasing code like every two weeks. And that is slower than the cowboy of just like shooting out features and and changes, but we get so much more done and in a smoother fashion, like the site doesn't go down. Um, You know, things aren't breaking when you fix something else. And you you said also something too, where it's like, I, I spend more time now finding the right person. 
I almost think that it's not even worth bringing somebody on and going through the whole training process, you know, and, and the mentorship and, and like all that stuff, unless it is more of the right fit or the best right fit possible. I mean, just think about if everybody like thinks about their bad hires, how much of a drain it was not only on the business and the people around them, which you only half probably understand, right? Because you remember probably working an internship or another company or something like it, it, uh, when somebody was not very good around you, it did definitely bring down the team. It's the same thing as playing like a game or a sport or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I've been, so we're, we're hiring like pretty aggressively right now in a lot of different departments, but I'll meet someone. I'll be like, Oh my gosh, they were awesome. And then I'll be like, wait, why are they awesome? Did they just say all the right things that I wanted to hear? Did I spoon feed them all the answers? <laughs> yeah. Your interviews are being uh, shared around the campuses. Yeah. And I'm just like, um, maybe I should like, hold on a second. You know, in the spring, um, once I started rehiring, I made a conscious decision to hire like an executive assistant or an admin assistant that was just there to help me out. And Justin Lawrence um, at Oklahoma had, had recommended, you know, having someone on your right hand to like help you along the way would be a really, really good thing because our, you know, everything's chaos. And that is when and I was talking to Carson about it. I'm like, okay, Carson, I think I'm going to hire an exec admin assistant, um, just going to be in charge of helping me out and like what do the they weird, do or, or what were you thinking they should be doing being the buffer between me and the chaos around me i think mm -hmm. one of the one of the biggest issues is as we scale the company i need to become less relevant in the day-to-day -day. and a lot of times things get backed up because it depends on me having a final say or oh i just need to do this or something weird sure. and um whether it's it's payroll i i just you want your hand in everything. I have to have someone that can be my right hand to handle all that stuff and do it in the way that I would do it. And so when I was like, okay, I'm going to hire an assistant. Um, it was like, it was almost like we're going to, you have to like speed date a little bit. And I actually had like Carson meet Amber, um, you know, like kind of set expectations. This is what I expect. This is how I am. Here are my quirks. What Amber's the assistant. Yeah, Amber's Amber's my right hand, mm -hmm. um, and she came from an you know she came from a very intense. How'd you find music. her? I think it might have been Indeed or Zip. Uh, okay. it, it all worked out. She was relocating. What, are those channels you use all the time? In, in, um, I've got recruiter? Indeed, Zip Recruiter, um, Facebook, LinkedIn has been awesome recently. You know, I interviewed a bunch of people, and I probably met with her, and I was like, "Can we just zoom and just talk?" probably like three or four times until I'm like, okay, I think we're going to jive. Do you remember what questions you asked? I, 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 I have no idea. <laughs> was it just, was uh, it, was it like kind of, here's what I'm doing and need help with? How can you help me? Or, or was it? Yeah. It was like, how do you handle chaos? How do you uh -huh. handle small business? How do you handle, you know, crazy CEO or crazy executive? Like, how do you handle, uh, you know, and, and Amber had come from the music industry, from a company that's pretty well known and in, in, in music media management and all that stuff. So she was already used to the hustle and bustle of that industry. And uh, the other part is her strengths were my voids. 
in the sense that super organized OCD about, you know, the right things. And, um, you know, I can load her up with stuff and, and, and she doesn't get stressed and she knows how to say, no, we're not going to do this, Steven. We need to do that. Um, and it was probably like the first month we just sat on and actually the first month we worked remote together. Uh, and we were on zoom every day for an hour in the morning. It would just How'd be like you, our morning. Okay. So an hour every morning, actually even going back, cause I'm going through this process now. I actually, this morning signed for a part-time assistant through, so specking up a little bit here, um, Justin Lawrence, who runs Oklahoma Shirt company sent around this podcast of things that assistants can help you with that you didn't really know about or think about. And it really struck a chord, I think, with me because I also realize I need help. But I think as a business owner, you sort of force yourself through it through time. And you say, no, 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 it's fine. Like, I'll do it. It's not a big deal. It's small, right? It's like it's like 50 little things that happen throughout the day where then, you know, three-fourths of the way through the day, you're like, what the heck did I do? I, I literally did 12 projects at 15%, right? And just didn't complete really anything fully. But um, we'll drop a link down below in the comments so you guys can watch that. Really helpful. But I signed up for that and that's part-time. But what I'm curious about is the training part that you went through. So, you know, you 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 asked some questions. You think you found the right person. It turned out to be a good decision, but A, would you have done it earlier and when? And then how did you start to get them to be your right hand? Because there's a lot, I'm assuming, of tribal knowledge and just day to day that's just in your head. Yeah. And getting that out is... And I don't vocalize it very well sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Like when people see me running around the shop and I'm real quiet and I'm like in my own world doing my own thing and they're like, uh-oh, something is going to get planted on us right now and it's going to be some weird project. Um but so so we would do like these Zoom calls every morning and I was basically like, you have to, to see how I think and I respond to things so you can kind of get the way that I work when, you know, on things that I'm intense about, on things that I don't care about. Uh, and so it was just like every morning, you know, Amber asking me a lot of questions, me doing a lot of explaining. Uh, sometimes we would just be on a zoom call and I'd give her a task and say, all right, run with this for the next 20 minutes. And I'm just going to be here working as well. A lot of times now I just, I'd take my computer and go sit in her office and just sit right next to her. And it's just like the two of us going back and forth, back and forth. And it feels great. Um, and I think, you know, you have to realize that there's people out there that are extremely talented and are good at doing that. Mm -hmm. And I was always like, I felt bad at first because I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm giving this person, you know, things to do. But some of those things are the most critical parts of my business, mm -hmm. like the most critical parts of my business. So there's a lot of trust there. You give a couple tasks and, you know, you do a couple of them. Um, I do record a lot of Loom videos now. So I can be like, Hey, this is how I did this this month. This is how I'm reporting the sales tax and this and this. Here's the Loom video for it. Next month, I'd like you to try it. And it's by like, the way, Loom L O O M dot com. If you need quick videos, it's super easy to record your face in the in the screen of what you're doing, and then share a link. We send them constantly back and forth too. What's like five to ten tasks you could think of on top of your head that Amber took off your plate 
to help uh, you? Uh, one is is the a lot of the HR stuff. Um, we don't formally have an HR department, and a lot of time I'm making hiring decisions, and then after they're hired, we need to onboard them, get all their paperwork, you know, make them compliant. Uh, and so that part about it, like the people management, I'm able to still have my opinion in people management, but she's able to administratively help me with that. Um, also on some of my big accounts that I still like to work on and I'm pretty involved in, she'll come into the meetings with me. So if there's some back end work that we need to do, we can just have really good customer service if I don't have someone from the sales team helping me. I think it's it's HR, it's payroll. Uh, a lot of reporting. We're starting to build out our KPIs for traction. We're doing profit first. And so I have her in every single meeting, like with my profit first accountants, she's in, she's copying on everything so mm -hmm. that she can just start to do it for us. Um, because we don't have dedicated, you know, people in each department doing those things, but I still want to have my say in it. I don't know. So HR, like general tr new hire training, you, you said, uh, helping some with stuff with communication with customers, which I think that's pretty undervalued too, you know, especially being able to respond very quickly and just get back if, if you're slammed. Um, yeah. And what's cool is like my bigger clients, I think they really like it. Like they like that we're a tag team. You know, we're, we'll hop on a Zoom call together and I'll say, okay, okay we're going to do this, this, and this. And then Amber will fire right behind with a follow-up email saying, hey, just to let you know, we got this, this, and this set up and we're going to be good here. It just, uh, it, it's, helped, it's helped me put out a better version of myself when it comes to like selling and, and, and working with customers. That's uh, huge. Do you think you would have done or made this decision sooner or was it a good time now? Like, like what, what, what was a breaking point, would you say? Uh, kind of like what you said, the breaking point is when you have a list of 50 things to do. And by noon, that list is 75. <laughs> and the, uh, the 50 that you, and the 50 you did were half-assed. Half yeah, okay. <laughs> That's the problem with the entrepreneur is they can't liberate themselves from the, the minute, like the tiny details. And that's what literally like demoralizes entrepreneurs. I feel like, and they feel like I can't break out of this. Uh, does so. it allow you, you think to do more of what you enjoy? Cause it, it feels like as the business grows, your role consistently changes like every six months or so, you know, you're paying attention to different things. You're help coaching different people. You know, it's interesting to find the thing. Cause we talked about in print hustles conf, we had uh, Dr. Sherry Walling. We'll drop a video link down below, but she was talking about finding what you're really passionate during the day. And then delegate the rest. And if you can't hire for that, then that's, you know, on your list, but did it allow you to focus on it or, or did it just add other stuff to your plate too? Cause, cause like every time I also feel like, you know, you have a really good person that's owning the role and crushing it there. It's not like things get subtracted off the plate. It's just like other things come onto the plate too. Uh, it just gives, gives you more bandwidth. I think like mm -hmm. we have a certain amount of capacity. And as I get a little bit older every year, like a couple of years ago, I could work till 3 a.m. or whatever and do that. And I still work really late at night um, when it's quiet. But like as I start to plan, you know, the next three to five years, that's not a lifestyle that, you know, you can hold up. And so to start to make plans for that, I think is more like a responsible like lifestyle choice. 
But putting people in the right seats, whether it's production, marketing, something like I think Bruce a couple years ago we would talk about um, people and their roles, and I'm like, yeah, at Campus Inc. Everyone can do everything, and now. It's not that everyone can do everything. It's we're trying to create really narrow, tight channels for everyone because <laughs> trying to give an employee way too much is just like or, – or giving them too many different roles or too many tasks. Like no company works well that way. And and I just realized like it's it's almost toxic because they – their list never ends too and that's not fair to them, Right. Um, and so like defining an employee's role, I think is one of the hardest, hardest things to do. Cause you just want to keep loading it up and loading it up. Uh, and I think you have to be very conscious about it. Um, because but they it, have it, the capacity to do it. Yeah. They have the capacity to do it. And, and maybe some employee, every employee has different capacity. And I think the one thing you should realize is not every employee is going to be able to, to, you know, do 150% all the time. Like you are. Uh, but Jed, my business partner, said he said if everyone could come in every day and work at seventy five percent, you would have a really successful company. <laughs> Which is sort of like, from your perspective, I'm sure a little bit frustrating here at first. But when you think about it, yeah, he says you're only going to be fifty percent right, uh, and if you can be seventy five percent, if everyone can be C average, you'll be awesome. I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Jed. <laughs> thanks, Jed. Um, are there any interesting mistakes or, or, or stories from that hiring process that you feel like didn't work out? I think it comes down to when you see a problem, nipping it right away. I've got thicker skin, but a shorter leash when it comes to like issues. I just, I don't let it happen. And I feel like sometimes I was a pushover earlier on, not in like mm -hmm. a mean way. There's just things that you know, I, I used to tolerate and I, I don't anymore because we don't have time for it. And so sure, sure. I'm, I'm much quicker to terminate or have a pretty intense meeting and say, Hey, if this isn't working out, we can't do this anymore rather than like stringing it along. I think it's something that you had told me Bruce a long time ago. It's like, once you know, in your head, it's not working, you need to make sure that employee is no longer there. And that's a really hard thing yeah. to do because you're like, oh, maybe it'll get better. Maybe it'll get better. And it's like, no, if they're not part of the team, you need it, it's it's for you to do for their sake and your sake, right? Yeah. Or, or, I mean, they could be the right person, but wrong role too, right? Where, you know, just getting them in the right role to really excel. Right. And you have to know that very quickly. And I think the other part is like, as a boss or an entrepreneur, we don't take feedback as well as we should maybe, or we don't recognize it or ask for it. And so like, has every business owner out there asked their employees, do you think you're doing what you want to be doing right now? Is there something else you would like to be doing? But how do you balance that with, especially on production, just things that you have to get done, right? Like you talked about shooting screens is not uh, glamorous, um, but you know, if you ask somebody where they want to be in a year or three years, uh, probably not shooting screens is the answer. But like, how do you, I mean, how would you answer that? Or, or is it a natural progression where you, you sort of have like retention and you don't of, of people leaving and you can sort of progress people in when there are the spots? Screen shooting is interesting for us because we have um, 
right below our old shop was a bakery. It was a cookie store. The guy that owned it when, when our old shop, the whole building got knocked down and we sold it, he was retiring and he still wanted to work for four or five hours a day and he poured concrete for 20 years. So he comes into work from 5 a.m. to 10 a.m. and shoots four, four days a week and loves it. <laughs> 5 a.m. Oh, he'll come in at 5 to 6 a.m. He's got a key. I think you've met him. Ed the Cookie Man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah Ed. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, he's he goes and plays golf in the afternoon, but he just – he's retired, so he doesn't want to – So you found the right person for the right role, then. Oh, our, our reclaim, I always tell him, I'm like, Ed, you're going you're gonna to get replaced – you know, when I buy a hundred grand Ecotex or whatever. And he's like, Hey, I'll work twice as much if you pay me a hundred grand. <laughs> and so, uh, so it's awesome. I mean, he, he works, I mean, and, and, and he, that is the perfect fit for him. He wants nothing more, nothing less on the production side. You're always trying to obviously pull people from, um, you know, like whether it's, uh, pulling to being able to be a loader or if you're, folding to being able to pull it's having the conversations and realizing like we had a guy we had to bag and tag eight thousand shirts manually and i was like do you want to do something else today he's like no i'm good this is awesome i'm i've got my tunes blasting i'm crushing these shirts out i'm like okay cool i was like trying to rotate him (laughs) you know it, it is interesting though what we view as stuff we enjoy and don't enjoy there are people that enjoy the things that we don't enjoy right and sometimes that's hard to realize but it, it is like a thing and there are people out there and even for any type of role that you'd think. You know, like the people management post COVID has made me a lot different, you know, in my approach. Um, it's also different because there's, there's a lot of people out there that do want to work. And so not that you're stricter, but you know, the fact that the bar's we higher. are, what? The bar is higher. The, the bar is higher. Say, say what it is, but like, we're hiring for digital marketing right now in Chicago on LinkedIn. I have 350 applications. I mean, That's there's a just lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, and I accidentally let the advertisement go for an extra day and I like had to turn it off the other day. It was like a week. And there are so many candidates out there with the little, um, the frame that says looking for work, the crisis of, you know, of work is, is, it's still yet to come. Like there's, there's going to be some issues, especially in the loop in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I don't want to be in commercial real estate right now in Chicago. Yeah, there's, um, I mean, I think there's definitely a lot of liquidity in the market as far as people. And then I think there's also people that now they've seen what's happened. They're creating their new routine after everything. And they're like, Hmm, I don't really like working at this company or, right. you know, uh, this is my new working environment. I want to find a company that fits that. And, right. and it is creating some interesting options for companies, especially if you're hiring to, to really be able to find the right person. Steven, you actually, before this, you were on a call with a sales coach, uh, Kevin Baumgart. Mm-hmm. If you haven't heard Kevin Baumgart's talk about sales, we'll also drop a link. We're just dropping all kinds of links today. Links in the, on links the on description. links. <laughs> but Kevin's a beast to be able to help company's mentor. He's helped so many different shops on their sales process. But what was your thoughts on bringing a consultant to help dial in that process? Because we're trying it for some other things internally too. But if I don't have Kevin in our sales process, then who's doing it? I am. Mm -hmm. And if I'm already spread so thin, am I giving those employees 
my 100% attention? Am I giving them an A-plus manager? And the answer is no. And, and that's really hard for me to admit that I need help. Um, we brought on three full-time employees in Chicago uh, recently to recruit nationwide managed students. There were three pretty huge roles that we hired for, and I thought I found three of like the most incredible individuals. And I remember hopping on a call with Kevin and saying, hey, Kevin, I cannot mess this up. And I'm like, these are three professionals now that work for me as students that are trusting me with their full-time career. Um, and I need you to help me do that. And he meets with them once a week. He meets with me once a week. Um, he has rapport with them. They trust him. And my team knows that he's there to help. My team knows that like he's there to help all of us out. And mm -hmm. it's just great to have that there because he also holds me accountable. He's like, hey, Steven, is he, I need is he like a pseudo manager to you though? Or, or is it like more of here are the problems? Where, like, is he setting goals and stuff for them? Or is that where? Um, he, he, well, like him and I will set goals together and then he will like install them with the team and then teach okay. us all how to track them. Um, so it's like, you know, it's not that he's like managing anything day to day. But he'll do a call and he'll have three pages of notes and then he'll tag me and say, Stephen, we need to figure this out. I'm assigning mm -hmm. you to do that before the next call. Here's the tracker that the team's going to be using every single day. Uh, make sure you're checking up with them on this and this. I recommend you spend a little bit more time with this employee on that. It's having a, a hired boss for myself. Say what it is. Especially in an intense sales process and, you know, Kevin's worked for incredibly successful companies and I just don't have that training yet, you know? And so I'm, I'm learning from him so that I could be better at it. And, uh, and yeah, so he's, he's kind of part of the team until further notice. Yeah. No, that's awesome. <laughs> um, I'd be so open to hear and very interested to hear about other shops experience with not only just managing, but also being able to hire the right people in the right roles. I, I think we all have horror stories, but you know, things that we've done to be able to hire the best one. I, for us, I think the best that we've done is project-based interviewing hmm. and really I thought you were going to pick out your favorite employee for a second. I'm like, you don't have to do that. It's we okay. Have 21 amazing. Uh, but Bruce, who we, do you love the most? <laughs> we, I, I, so I think when I have nailed the projects, to be so good and detailed and really push the candidate to the limit of thinking and explaining their thought process and real examples of things that they're going to be doing day to day and problems that I need solved. I think it sifts out so many people so quickly for us, especially when you do it over the phone or zoom or in person, because you see their reactions in real time. I mean, we've had interviews where people literally like folded like a lawn chair <laughs> and like to, to, to like the stress of it, of like getting asked, why, why did you decide that? Well, what happens if this happens? Or would you call that person? They didn't handle it well. And I was like, wow, okay. If you're going to be customer facing, this is not the role that we need to have you in. But yeah, have you tried project-based interviews for either production or front office roles or sales roles or... Yeah, Found we've done it. Worked. We're we're doing it right now because we're hiring um, for like digital marketing, and that's in a in a creative role, a lot of technical things that we need. 
And um, I've done it a couple times. I need to do it a lot more. I've also used um, Wendy, drop a link of Wendy, she's awesome, as uh, an HR consultant to do interviews for me, just to give me a second set of eyes or give me an executive summary. And, you know, she'll point out things that I might not have recognized. Um, and she does it That's a really, really quickly. And it's yeah. worth a couple hundred bucks you pay just to make sure that that person is right. Because I think what it comes down to again is the time, money, and energy it takes and you waste when you hire someone that doesn't work out is, I mean, you know, call it what it is. It could be 30, it could be a 30, 40, $50,000 mistake. Right. And so I think taking the time and, and doing it right. I think something that would be really cool, Bruce, is if shops were able to either anonymously or like tell us who their best employees are, just like be like, Hey, this is why I love this person. They, ha they, they have this, this, and this. And I think what's cool is at print at trade shows, when we used to go to them, we'd see shops bringing some of their best employees. And so mm -hmm. like, w you know, and then I'd be like, okay, how do I, how do I hire someone like that, that awesome individual from printed threads or whatever. So it'd be cool to hear from shops. Cause when I go and visit shops, you, you can kind of see who the top people are. Not that we can poach anyone. I don't know. It'd be cool to hear from shops, like who, why those people are so great at what they do or whatever. So if you've made it this far in the podcast, DM Bruce, who your favorite, why your favorite employee <laughs> is so cool. Yeah, no, we love to hear it. Actually, that would be awesome. Well, thanks for being able to join us today. This has been an awesome episode. You know, again, we'd love to hear from you guys, different ways that you've interviewed, different tips, uh, characteristics you found of people that are really great to be able to help you guys grow. Drop them down so we can be able to share them and love to be able to bring you on the episode too in the podcast. So totally hit us up. All right. We'll see you guys next time. This is Bruce from Printavo, Stephen from Campus Inc. See you on the next episode of Printavo's Print Houses Podcast. See ya. Bye.